don't need them. Lord knows I don't need them. Telling me I can see them, but I never need them. Listen close to my leader. They tell me that they need me, but they trying to deceive me. I'm free now, please leave me. I'm taking my freedom now. I'm living in freedom now. I'm taking my freedom now. I'm taking my freedom now. I'm taking my freedom back. I'm taking my freedom back. I'm living in freedom now. Hey. Good afternoon, morning, evening, night. I just hoping it's good wherever you are. And welcome to the second episode of Inquisitive Minds. And um, yeah, we're very happy to be here. Good night, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good night. I agree, like beaten shake dog. Ah oh boy, ah oh boy. Mr. Aaron. <laughs> I I go, I I read. We could wrap this up now, no, seriously. <laughs> like we could dive, we could dive straight into it. Yeah, boy. That. that Boy, so carrot God. and coleslaw is our problem. Coconut and sugar cake is our problem. Everything I say that great is our problem. That's what's going on with you, Aaron. You don't want me to be great. All right. I see what I see what I see what can I I see what kind of evening this is. But we can move on. <laughs> so hey guys, as usual, as opposed to um come in with the, the generous platitudes to introduce the other hosts, but um then for us and them just say hello in their own way. And um, we are. I didn't say mind. anything, though. <laughs> How are you doing, Mister Eight Six Eight Two? Um, boy, I I, I real good. Um, we before I don't know like exactly what date we're gonna be releasing this, but it must be on me as the culture DJ to say R.I.P. to uh legend Blacks and thank you for all the work that he has done in the industry. The numerous hits, and as I said on Facebook, the tutelage to the young artists. Yeah, no, thank, thank you, Blacks. Enough respect. Amen, 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 amen. That was a, that was a blow to culture today. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, it was. Definite, definite blow. You know, and it, is, is, it makes you reflect on, on, on the things that are important yeah? in terms of what we're here to do, you know. Correct. We're able to share that with them, mm-hmm. you know. But um, in other in a in another way, we we want to use this episode to have a very interesting conversation with somebody that we we admire from far, um, to an entrepreneur, business owner. Um, he said not not to give the platitudes, but head honcho, man in charge, man in the business, uh, Mr. Karen Ovid, the owner of Redmed Limited. Um, new, well, not so new, but it's in terms of growing business in Trinidad and Tobago. And we wanted to ask him a couple of questions. We wanted to have a chat with him. And, you know, it was something that, again, we live in our daily lives and we come across certain things. And I came across this book that was recommended to me by a good friend, by Angela Duckworth called Grit. You know, the power of passion and perseverance. Right. And, you know, we were thinking about it and we were thinking about, okay, you know, what is it really need? What do you really need to run a business in Trinidad and Tobago? You know, is it grit? You need to have that perseverance. Is it that you have to have an innovative idea, something that you want to put out there, something that you want to sell? Or is it that you want to, is it none of those things or maybe a combination? So so I want to say goodnight to Mr. Ovid and to, um, to first have a chat. So Ovid, goodnight. How are you doing, boss? Well, I'm good for now. Thanks for inviting me to the show. Um, well, I mean, my first time here, so 
Yeah, man. We could be a little, could be a little rusty, you know. <laughs> not much of a, not much of a public speaker, but yeah. But you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sell out here. Very, very comedic and um, intriguing social media presence. But I'm not gonna say he's not much of a public speaker, but yeah, public poster. Yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a public poster, but direct public interaction. I'm more introverted than anything else, actually. Mm-hmm. So most of my expressions of um. Any any thoughts that I, that I have usually comes out on Facebook. Um, I mean, which is not necessarily the right venue for it, but <laughs> it, it, it comes out. You know, honestly, for me, with respect to uh, business on a whole, I believe is a combination. Sometimes trial and error. Um, I actually started this business in 2012, and it would have been on the 4th of April. 2012 that is our basically anniversary date so we have grown significantly based on our presence um so the very first day of operations um we made 50 dollars and that was a milestone moment for me because i actually saw where we could actually generate revenue while keeping staff employed you know and I mean, before it was a business whereby I operated remotely because my full-time job at the time was at Petrogen, right now defunct. And um, the business actually opened two months after getting permanent. So it was in the works before because all the time I was on contract and well, of course being on contract uh, it's a little bit challenging to get things started, etc. Right? So, um, I mean, going for a loan was a big challenge. Just doing anything in general was a challenge, actually. So, um, you know, we, we, we survived and we moved each year growing in a part that I would say was a positive part. Uh, we had a little, we had some ups and downs in between, you know, but um, all in all, I would say it was a, a a good challenge to be able to grow the business this thus far into what it is, right? And surprisingly enough, after Petrogen's closure, I didn't jump back into the business. Um, I was a, a bit, um, how to put it, I guess dealing with my mental health at the time and in dealing with my mental health, well, it had all different complications happening around me. So I, um, I started doing insurance, right? And I worked with Guardian Life for a short period of time, just navigating what it is I want to do next post petrogen and then honing in on my ability on the art of learning how to sell right so i mean part of the insurance process is interviewing a client you know going through basically a, um, a script that you would use to get someone to realize the value of insurance right in their in their personal situation so in, in learning what it 
takes to actually sell insurance because I mean there's a lot of hindrances to selling insurance as most people know you know um, clients who are just not interested people who do like insurance agents you know and it was actually becoming quite fulfilling for me up until the point where I got a call that someone needed to get some services in Point Fortin on a, on a bigger project that was actually bigger than what the lab was able to handle at the time. And well, at that point in time, I had to make a decision, you know, because while learning and enjoying the insurance field, I decided that it was time to get back in and actually be part of the business. Because when I, when I said I had it on remote control initially, as I said, 2012 we opened, but my full-time job was in Petrogen, right? So all my time and dedication was that seven to four period for Petrogen and things was operating remotely. So, I mean, we had the equipment, we had the staff, we had everything operating here. I, at the time, was not that um, over here shoulder type boss right and i mean to this day i didn't really consider myself a boss which to an extent still still has some honing in to do in terms of actually that title you know everybody's called me you know boss you want to do something you want to do this whatever whatever i mean i prefer to use my name Kara, right um but I guess out of respect, this is how uh, the staff chooses to address me. So fast forward into 2019, 2020. Um, well, of course, we all know that was the start of the pandemic locally. Um, and that in itself brought about a lot of challenges, especially with respect to where we had several lockdowns, um, persons weren't able to interact and, you know, um, come out, basically, because they, they only had it for essential persons and persons who were doing um, well, medical services. Luckily, we fell under that umbrella, so we were able to still be a part of the um, essential service, but on a smaller scale. And... Later on in the pandemic, this would have been, uh, well, not later on, this would more be 2021 20, in the pandemic. Uh, a friend of mine who was actually one of the, well, the third lab to be uh, approved by the Ministry of Health, which would be Maitri Diagnostics. A good friend of mine, he called me and told me, you know, Karen, you want to start doing some COVID testing? And I was like, hmm. I really thought about it. I mean, we were just doing te our regular testing, you know. And, you know, given that inspiration led to me uh, acquiring equipment on my own, one. And the first equipment that I acquired was only doing like one sample. But the one sample it was doing, it could have differentiated between COVID-19, influenza A, and influenza B. So, I mean... At that point in time, I was like the, I guess, the pioneer with that particular instrument because, um, well, I was the only one in the country with the instrument at the time. I'm now thinking now, I, 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 you don't hear people talking about that at all, which is real critical for now. 
Correct. Yeah. So I'm the only one in the country with the instrument at the time. And I mean, because the supplier, I mean, I don't really want to call suppliers names and whatever, right? Yeah. Um, but the supplier, because it wasn't, let me say, bought from them, um, they were a bit tardy with respect to um, supplying the actual reagents and those things like that. So I went through the process of applying to the Ministry of Health for getting the lab certified and ready to do COVID-19 testing. This was actually since um, April of 2021. Uh, this is when I had the machine. We did some trial runs, etc., with respect to getting positives from my tree, negatives from my tree, making sure that they coincide. And um, part of what we did as well, like I said, we went through the process for the Ministry of Health, but that itself had a little bit of challenges with respect to who the emails would have been sent to, the back and forths, etc. And it was one person in the Ministry of Health that um, actually, when I called him to remind him that, listen, I mean, we have this application inside and I just wanted to get a follow-up. He was like, you know, we honestly forgot about it, one, and Wow. I'm going to try to get it moving to get to the next step in August of 2021. And in moving on the next step, we got through a contract with um, an oil company, so to speak. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so yeah. we were providing the, the, the PCR testing services for this oil company. This is before even our um, full approval, right? And we were able to do this based on one, our service in the industry before, and also, I guess, all our price point, right? Because it was a very competitive process to be able to get through. Uh, one that, I mean, still brought to me different challenges because I had to um, go offshore, which was a, uh, like a first for me. So everybody, you know, prepped me and told me, you know, you need to take some gravel, you know, prepare <laughs> them, etc. I mean, the boat ride, the boat ride was fun. It was good. And then after the testing, well, they told me, you know, you could have a meal, etc. And I mean, maybe I should not have eaten. Coming back. Short treatment. You got a good treatment. Plenty Ralph, that poor yeah, daddy. That, that Ralph and <laughs> yeah, plenty, plenty Ralph and Paul daddy. Mm -hmm. And you know, since then, they were they were really impressed in terms of how um, I handled it, despite my feeling um, sick after. And you know, they they gave us the opportunity to prove ourselves uh, to be trustworthy. So moving into ministry approval in September. However, because um, I was waiting on the actual approval letter, even though they indicated like about four weeks after that I could have started the day that we got our um, results from the from CAFA, right? Because uh, CAFA would have sent a panel to us for us to go through to be able to conduct the testing. Yeah. You know, and... We actually started in October. So it was full time in October. And then of course the workload started to get heavy. So 
again, I invested in another, in, a, in the next new piece of equipment that could have done um, DNA extractions in 18 minutes for 32 samples, which at the time was the fastest in the country. Um, and then we got our PCR reader as well to be able to do the reading within two hours. So the turnaround time for results really and truly, I mean, because it's run two in batches, um, we usually give that full eight hour type uh, turnaround time, but usually people get their results within four to six hours of doing the test. Right, I did test that could differentiate between COVID-19, influenza A and B, that one need to get back in half an hour. I, I love, I, I and we deliberately not uh, listening to you going through the timeline because there's, a, I, I think there's such a very cool lesson inside of it that nothing is ever a straight line. Right. You would have, you know, made a couple of steps forward, pull back, go to another training ground, applied what you learned in that training ground into your current scenario, and then Correct. utilizing your skill sets in terms of your communications and building your relationships to decide how to invest. So your investment is not, uh, uh, you spend all the money and then you wait for things to come. You invest and you wait, you, you try the market, come back again. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, bravo to you um, in terms of, of, of the way that you did it. And I, I really am happy in terms of the way that you've brought it across because a lot of times people think that Hey, if I have a great idea or if I just persevere is enough, but we need right. the other things as well in that mix there. Um, and I want to applaud you for that. But I, I want to throw out, out of something that you said there in terms of one new thing. You talk about communication, um, marketing and relationships. I, I, I pick in that out. So if, right. I'm, if I'm not correct, tell me, but how how would you how important is that from your perspective in terms of would have helped you in terms of those steps that you outlined for us? Well, for me, the communication, especially, um, like I said, I will, I'm extremely grateful for my very good friend um, who was a part of push basically to propel myself into the next step of COVID-19 testing, you know, because I mean, without his, um, I, I guess his influence, I would have to say, you know, and both both of us, honestly, were relatively young in the whole laboratory business. Both of us were together in uh, Petrogen together. Um, he would have opened his lab, of course, after mine. Um, but he, again, worked together with a team to be able to build to their next level. Right. Um, I was extremely grateful for his um, input at the time. And like I said, in terms of the communication, you know, we, besides social media, in terms of my personal social media, um, I didn't really push a laboratory presence on social media. Up until the point where well, Ricardo did a few um, ads for me, which propelled me into looking for different avenues as well for doing ads and, you know, marketing for the business. And one doctor who told me he had a marketing guy 
and we had a meeting. I mean, I, I listen to everybody when they, they come to me with different um, scenarios, you know, and I operate honestly on a vibe. Not necessarily based on someone's skill set. I mean, the doctor marketed this guy as really being really efficient, et cetera, et cetera. But I got a good vibe from him. And I decided to you know, Karen, why not? It doesn't hurt to try. And honestly, since embarking on the journey with this guy, the marketing social media presence has been escalated out, I would say, maybe hundredfold. And that in itself contributed to bringing Green Med to where it is today. Um, of course, family support, uh, the support of my fiance, um, you know, even bringing in new staff members, opening a new branch. It was things that I didn't really see immediately on the horizon, but it was based on, again, needs, circumstances. So a lot of our clients at the time, and still currently, um, were operating from Point Fortin. And, you know, the distance to come into San Fernando each time, because sometimes we're here on Sunday, you know, just to bring that convenience to persons down on that on-site medical lab in Point Fortin that actually doing all the testing and everything like that there. So that and all gave me the opportunity to embark on making another investment with respect to getting more equipment and getting the infrastructure in place to be able to set up a laboratory in Point Fortin, um, which again is still a work in process, in progress, sorry, because it's uh, you know, it's, it's, it's young, so it's, it's now growing into its own. But uh, we have been uh, getting positive positive reception uh, in Point Fortin. So I'm grateful to the community in Point Fortin for welcoming Green Med as part of their um, uh, business community. Um, so with that, so the expansion of the lab, uh, the expansion in terms of even hiring staff, uh, maintaining staff through the pandemic, um, and partly part of the staff hiring took place because the workload was becoming more one and then two of my staff members got COVID and we had to improvise quickly to be able to meet the demand and another uh, colleague of mine who used to be petrogen well she was um, home at the time and I invited her to come to be able to help out at the time you know, and um, she integrated nicely into the organization. And well, she's still here, thank God, to this day. So um, the journey itself has been um, ins inspirational. I've been able to help a lot of people, inclusive of my old secondary school. Um, different families along the way. Just people in general. I mean, I, I, I don't really 
and Ricardo would know. I mean, we were part of a, a club, the Rotary, a club of San Fernando South, right? And I was the past president. And I mean, things will kind of get towards promotion of activities, etc. right? I mean, anybody know me, and early, I mean, I might be loud on Facebook, but I'm not really that much of a show person to say, well, to come out and want to take photos and all these other things like that. You know, so, I mean, Karen, it kind of helped me to, to learn to operate in the background. Mm-hmm. Hi, hey, what's going on? Ricardo Mitchell here. Nice to meet you. Um, <clears throat> so let, let's um let's let's do you a favor here. And let me right. say certain things so that nobody could say Sorry. afterwards that that's what Karen say. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Karen, uh on no plain talk bad manners. I remember moving furniture with Karen when Green Med just started. All right. Nice. I remember when he was changing furniture. And we were trying to figure out what to do with the couches and chairs and that type of thing that we would look for a home to give it to. I remember every single event we did with Cairo and Pace in terms of going to Panorama and doing events that Green Med was a willing sponsor. I remember more than just events and that type of thing when we did um, fundraisers, when we would, anything that we were doing that had to deal with something social or community oriented we could have turned to green med it got to the point where i actually stopped asking karen anything unless i just realized how long had passed since the last time he supported because he has never said no never said no one of the things that we learned coming out of our early social work experiences was that we were more interested in getting the work done than in the presentation of the work getting done. Correct. So it was, you know what, having a meeting for a meeting's sake, taking a picture to show people what you've done, that type of thing wasn't, wasn't our bag. Right? Karen was a man from the streets. He's, he was, he's Karen. Same Karen, this boss thing that people talk about. Now, I do know for a fact that he has been called the smartest man in the hemisphere for um, several different reasons. In terms of him being shy on camera, that is because uh usually old Karen, yeah his his on camera presence was really security cameras all the nice boy he play nice boy and quiet now Karen, Karen, Karen epitomizes what we stand for here in inquisitive minds we talk sense we wear sneakers right so don't get tired for the polish finish that you see in here Karen is a man of the people so in terms of getting work done that is what he does Iran and I did an event during COVID. We did an event called Pay Me, right? And Karen was a very willing and supportive corporate sponsor. Hey, this is what we're doing. Boom. Next thing I know is because the pledge come in. Bam. Green Med Lab supporting even cultural expression of community. So what I'm saying is that one of the things that I've learned from Karen, besides one, when you have a good idea, you actually have to act on it for it to come to pass is to engage your community because Karen and I had some great ideas one or two of them in which I left him hole in the bag and I will say hey, what's going on I I'm a thinker and he's a doer and there's a place where we have to intersect for something to come of it so to know that Green Med reached 10 years right that you have a lab in point as well to know that 
you you didn't grow into the thing that you uh, and that you are now. You didn't grow a business around you. It was just revealed because that was always there. That was always the person you were. In terms of what it takes to establish and maintain a business in Trinidad and Tobago, you've navigated some waters that you very respectfully not mentioned. And I will I will say that ease of doing business in Trinidad and Tobago is a huge problem. And I'll leave you all the adjectives because I don't want nobody telling me I have to iron shirt and wear tie for what it is I say. But the ease of doing business is a huge problem. In terms of the reliability of some of the people in the business community, the integrity of some of the people in the business community, that's a huge problem, right? right? In terms of the, I love the fact that you could have told us that there were supportive people who would be like, hey, come in this way. Let me see if we could get this thing going, etc." Because the support that you've gotten from some individuals I still not sure it outweighs the challenges you faced with other individuals. And, <laughs> and the fact that you have the wherewithal to leave well enough alone, I respect that. And as I say, let me say certain things because I prefer to, I prefer that they be said, but I don't want to undermine the progress you've made in terms of knowing what to say and when. Right? So I want to thank you for your right. constant contributions. Because the amount of clothes we have with Green Med Laboratories as a sponsor, um, Green Med Limited as a sponsor on the back. Uh, the amount of times where I had to say, well, Karen, send this. I don't know if the organizations have passed through recognize how much of what we did was because you were willing to support it as community. It wasn't necessarily advertising. It was just supporting a community. So when the time came, before the social media blew up and people were asking, where could I go to do this, that or the other? Everybody was like, go by Karen. Because it wasn't, you you managed to actually build a business that reflected who you were as a person. And that was right. an important thing because it wasn't a case of, well, Karen have a business. No, everybody felt like they were going by Karen. Like, like you, you like I said, I'm a parlor in front of your house. Not saying that your business run like a parlor. What I'm saying is that it was so personal right. engaging with you that up to December, somebody was telling me about you doing one of the um, nasal swabs and you were so gentle. You even asked which nostril they preferred to get swabbed, right? And the, the customer service feedback, just the, the way that you make each person feel, believe it or not, like you're right. doing them a favor. That's to tell you the level of attention, the level of care that you provide. So I've seen that be reflected from a personal level, on a professional level, and even in terms of a community corporate citizen level. So... All talks that aside, is our true honor to be able to hear that this is the work you've had over the past 10 years from the side that I didn't get to see. Right. Right. Um, listen, I, I am proud of you. I'm proud of what it is you're doing as an individual, as an organization. I will not mention one of our, um, a couple of years ago when we had the idea of starting a business that would have expressed how we felt about... Um, I don't want to say politics in the country, but let me say social standards within the country and that type of thing. But the fact remains is you've always been quietly outspoken and you've allowed your right. actions to do the majority of the talking. So I just want to tip my hat, salute, and say here what is going on. When the time comes and you're ready to run for office, you have every single talent, gift, connection, endorsement I could possibly muster to back you. Because the thing is, I don't. I think you have too much humility to run 
separate yourself. Somebody got to push you um, to do that part again. But you've exemplified what it is we need in terms of leadership, especially your reluctance to have people call your boss. So I planted that seed there the same way I plant a couple others and you do all the work and then I could sit back and hear you call my name when the time comes. So big up you. Big up you. Thank you very much, Cardo. Um, just to get back to what I said with respect to the ease of business. Um, now, initially, I, I really thought that it was, I mean, it, I wouldn't say it was a, a it, it had its challenges, right? Um, with respect to, as I said, you know, signing up for the loan, my parents had to sign security, you know, because at the end of the, time, at the, at the, end of the day, I wasn't a permanent employee at Petrogen. So in, in terms of even embarking on this journey, because, you know, going from contract to contract, three months, six months, one year, you know, it, it kind of held, held you to a point where you're like, you don't know where you're going to go when the next contract cycle comes about. And, you know, even in terms of starting, starting the business, you know, I would have pitched the idea to a couple of friends in the field you know, a couple of doctors, um, one of which is a very good friend of ours. Um, she was eager to get in, but at the same point in time, fearful. And I mean, which is understandable because at the end of the day, you know, not everybody would see fear as something to, to conquer, right? In terms of fear, of, I guess even fear of failure. Because my, my thing is, you know, I took $180,000 of my dad's retirement money <laughs> to start this business, you know? And he was like, you have one out of two things to, to do with this um, to do with this capital, this, this seed money, so to speak. Um, you know, you either make it work or even if it fails and it flops, you learn a lesson, but I mean, I'll <laughs> just be $108,000 in the hole, right? But I mean, I was really grateful that my father, he, well, my both parents actually, he um, saw the vision, even though it was still a challenge, you know, with respect to, I guess, as he would put it, being black in business, um, you know, we not really wanting to take chances, especially with going into uncharted waters. And, you know, I was really grateful that they took that chance on me. Um, even after paid off the first loan, you know, to reinvest the money, because I mean, at least I see that the loans were being paid back, you know. Um, the bank was able to see that the loans were being paid back as well too. So even in even in doing business on a whole, um, you know, once once I would say you have something, a solid business plan, a solid uh, means to show that you could repay, the bank usually, um, well, let me say the bank. The bank that I deal with, which is Republic Bank, uh, big up to Republic Bank, by the way, um, for letting, allowing me to 
reach where I am today based on taking a chance, you know, on a small micro entrepreneur at the time. And so, so, uh, so you're saying it's Republic Bank make it happen? They made it happen. Republic Bank, <laughs> Republic Bank, not by themselves, right? Uh, Republic Bank, not by themselves, but Republic Bank and Nedco. Because at the point in time, Nedco had um, had a loan where they would basically match 100% of the financing, hmm. right? No, I, get, I, have it, I have it wrong. Not 100% of the financing, 50% of the, the financing. So you have to come up with the other 50% of it. Um, at the time, my first loan, I believe, would have been 400,000. Well, the 180, my parents gave us the uh, down payment and the 220 taken from the bank. After I bought my first set of equipment, <laughs> it was about $350,000. So I really had about 50 grand to work with with respect to growing and starting a business. And like I said, I uh, uh, came in, I, I put out some, um, not really ads, but call around persons in the industry that I know. And um, one guy responded in terms of getting employment. And for whatever reason, um, be it God, I believe, he intervened and the guy actually redirected me to someone else. And when that person came in, you know, I told them, you know, at the end of the day, this is something brand new, one. Um, these are my expectations. And I am leaving you to be honest in yours, right? So whatever... Um, whatever finances coming in, whatever business links coming in, you have to make it happen because I am not here full-time to see it happen, right? So with that, um, she put herself to work. And the evening of being hired the first time, she called me to let me know that we made our first $50. And like I said, that for me was a turning point into wow, this, this thing could work. I mean, $50 with respect to a loan payment of thousands in the teens <laughs> was, I mean, even though it wasn't that grand of a um, first day income, I saw it as the start of, of, a, of a new beginning, you know? And from there, you know, the challenges started, you know, with respect to bringing in more income, you know, taking my personal income to pay bills um, to the point where, you know, well, of course, now at that point in time, I didn't have an income because 2018, we closed shop for petrogen. Mm -hmm. um, but at that point in time, the lab was self-sustainable. So even at the point where I had my little mental break um, in dealing with that whole experience of, um, I guess, retrenchment. Um, 
you know, it was able to operate without me impacting on it negatively from my negative experience, so to speak. Um, so I was actually grateful for that break, grateful for um, Guardian Life, grateful for uh, my boss at the insurance company, um, Richard, grateful for everything that took place from then to now, actually. Um, if I were to do it again, if I were to do it differently, a uh, few things would have changed. Um, you know, in terms of, I guess, having things a little more formalized in the beginnings for uh, different persons that you um, would have done business with so that Things are things are more kind of clear in terms of a contract as opposed to you know somebody you know and you just decide well you know I know this person or know this person from around and you know you take that chance in doing business with them and well of course sometimes sometimes it doesn't work out you know or at, least out, or at least work out to completion but again you know it's something that is a learning experience um, which again I'm forever grateful for learning experience in this life um and of course well COVID even brought it to the to the front that you know life is too unpredictable too short to be you know in your, in your feelings about certain things and um not that I'm not in my feelings about it but I move past the point of taking it on as something that I needed to um, to express further, so to speak. So um, you know, even even again, like I said, the, the, the bad experience experiences I was grateful for. Um, you know, in terms of building character and business, one. Um, knowing what not to do how not to operate and how not to treat people um even some of the larger private hospitals if their equipment is down anything they have to get done in terms of testing they call on us to do it because you know they establish this trust with this business, the business. Yeah. and I'm grateful for all those um, stepping stones in this journey. Right? I mean, the journey isn't complete. At least not yet. Nothing on wood here that, you know, God is ready for me to, <laughs> to exit this life. Because I was always saying, you know, not today, not today, not today. Um, you know, I had a little coughing spell and I was like, wow, this COVID thing, I hope it's not this, you know. And, you know, everybody at the time, you know, getting all different kind of challenges happening with them and I was like wow you know I think the, one of my biggest fears is you know leaving too early yeah, yeah I, I I know gonna ask how you navigate how you navigate being in this I mean you you're literally taking COVID samples like you, sure. you're, you're you're on the front or the front line front you know so, front. you know how, how was it navigating that 
in terms of, I mean, every day you're going out there and it's not one sample, two sample you're taking. Correct. You know, so, um, I, can, so I can't imagine. Getting, getting, in, getting involved in the COVID testing, I mean, that was, as I said, something that I, I didn't think of alone, you know, um, and getting to learn the ropes in terms of what to do, how to take the sample, um, what to wear, how to protect yourself, you know, and I always, well, I mean, I went early to get the vaccination, of course, because most of the, the companies require that you were vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And I mean, although in the past, I mean, I, I take blood from people. I don't like having blood drawn. Any of any of my um, colleagues and associates would let you know that I'm very, very, very chicken with respect to getting a needle put in my arm, you know? And I might have to bite down, tissue or squeeze a hand, this kind of thing, you know? But it was a, a learning process for me, one, um, because I was able to put myself in the position of someone who is now going to experience taking a PCR test for the first time, you know, and letting them reassure them that, you know, this isn't going to hurt. I mean, although I only experienced it once mm-hmm. in, in actually getting the, the test done to be able to go offshore, et cetera, right? Um, you know, getting, getting yourself prepared for this invasive test, you know, and I would say invasive in the sense that it's invasive, you know? <laughs> you're, not, um, you're, you're not lying though. No, it, it is, you know, it is, it's, it's a somewhat uncomfortable feeling because you might be feeling a little ticklish, then you might be feeling a little teary, teary. It, it, it brings out, you know, you, you want to cough, you want to sneeze. You know, it's a whole mixed set of emotions coming out at the same point in time. And then, well, of course, with the, um, the, the, the single test PCR machine, we were able to do uh, actual nasal swaps for PCR testing because it was, it was so sensitive. It's one of the uh, most sensitive tests on the market because even when persons... Um, like past the 21 days, past the 14 days. Even if it, if it picks up a strand, it'll still flag it as positive, you know? And yeah, it, it's very, very sensitive. And, um, you know, people are grateful for that, that method in terms of non-invasive methods. Even having to learn, you know, how to deal with children, you know, how they are uncomfortable. Children always moving, they're blocking their faces, you know, this kind of thing. You know, it was it was a a good learning experience that I was that I'll always be grateful for. You know, um, going to the hotels, meeting all different types of people. You know, travelers, foreigners. It's an experience beyond beyond anything describable. I could I could see for me. So, so as a as an introvert and as a businessman and as a frontliner, you end up getting this hybrid compound experience where you get to meet so many different people in what is quite possibly one of the most challenging or 
frightening or emotionally intense times of the life because you're getting a sure. COVID test. You you know what's coming back in the results. You don't know how that's going to change. If you'll get stuck where you are, if you're correct. Huh. And you and you're still an introvert. <laughs> you see the best and the best and the worst and well, the worst in that little window. I mean, there. It, it got me talking to people a little more than usual. Um I try to, you know, wind them down with a a little joke, you know. Nothing too <laughs> nothing too out of the way, you know, but I mean you know, I'll tell them, you know, don't let me see you crying, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um that's a terrible joke. Just putting that out there. Well, terrible, terrible joke. <laughs> because I cried. I, I would tell them, you know, take a deep breath in. And in them taking that deep breath in, we, we put the swab in so that they hardly feel the test. So that is why I guess your friend would have commented that um it would have been one of the gentlest they ever had it. And I mean it, it transcends beyond me, you know, it, it it moved to my to my staff in terms of their application of the test etc you know till um one member right now is one of the sought after person persons for doing testing now um there's a statement i want to make and then a question i want to ask right so going back about fifth i'd say about 10 to 15 minutes ago you would have mentioned the 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 benefits of having a sound business plan right Right, and I want to implore anybody that's looking at opening a business to do have a sound business plan, and also be very realistic in your cash flow projections. Right, right. And I, I tend to help a lot of persons with cash flow projections, and let's just say you can't flip a hundred thousand dollars into a million dollars in a month. Correct. It it can happen. Well, not even, not even in a good susu. Just well, it not. could happen. <laughs> I don't see. It could happen. But it could happen. But what what if I invest in orange juice? Because I hear some of them cartons of orange juice does does call good money on the port. Well, um, I think I would invest more in plywood. If stacks of plywood have up does does get have a decent turn around too, and plywood <laughs> has has a good arm. No comment. <laughs> I don't know. Ricardo, Ricardo is taking more serious our comments sometimes I make it into. But again, it depends. Um, back to Aaron with respect to your, your business plan. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, a solid business plan is effective, especially if it is that you have to um, procure large scale financing. Um, I know recently. They started a show planting seeds where a couple of investors decided to well, look at people's business plans and, you know, make some investments. I mean, I haven't really followed up with it in terms of if they actually do the investing into the business, um, which I assume that they do based on the model that um, Shark Tank goes after. Um, but with respect to Having a business plan, yes. Knowing your market, one. Um, you could have the best business plan, but you don't have a market for it. And if you do have a market for it, then that is where the becoming innovative um, to create a market or to create that 
need within individuals that they didn't know that they needed your particular service. Um, because you know, just recently I was in Port of Spain and I saw on Tragridge Road, I think it's Richard's Piano Repair. And this is something I believe would have been around for quite some time because it, it looks like a, a aged business, so to speak, you know, and it was still operational. And I'm thinking to myself, how many pianos are in need of repair for it to survive this long, you know, because I mean, like it's the first time I'm seeing it, but again, I know that it has been around for some time and it isn't a closed business, you know? So even in having an idea for business, uh, getting back to the, the point I was making, you know, with, with respect to that, that that piano shop, a passerby might think, you know, he has a market, obviously, for being able to be in business. And I would have to say kudos to that piano shop, piano repair shop on Tragridge Road, just mm -hmm. before the traffic lights, in case anybody looking to see where it is, um, for being in business. I would say for a long time. Is it tell is how many in them keys, Karen? I'm not gonna say that. Um, <laughs> how many in them keys? I'm not gonna say I would have pointed out sometime recently that they have a lot of instrumentalists in the country. Yeah? So mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Aaron, that's what I meant. Um <laughs> so, so Karen just again, again, Ricardo, no, no, no. We need to address this. Piano need... keys. How how many people you know do piano key repairs? It have money in keys, dog. Everybody know that. Is that right? Sometimes sometimes your, your keys in the wrong place, so you had to move them around. Right? And everybody knows how money in moving keys. Right? Sometimes it had the black keys, it had the white keys. But anyway, so what I really wanted to ask Karen was do you <laughs> think your history in therapeutic massage uh lends to this particular touch that you have as a service provider? Um, hmm. therapeutic massage that you, you took me back some time there. Um, well, yes, before I embarked on this journey, um, therapeutic massage was one of my um talents. I mean, it's, it still is to an extent. Um, you know, I, I kind of get a little rusty, and if I have to recommend a massage, I'll probably send them by Candice or you know, mm. somewhere else. Yeah. to do a massage you know because I, I don't really have the time to do any pleasant bill, massage or anything pleasant like. Candace, trunk, yeah tranquility day spa yeah correct yeah. yeah so um you know for me yes to an extent in terms of actually dealing with people learning when to listen especially listening well, in, in massage you don't listen to the body or listen to the movement under your hands so i mean listening the sense of feel as opposed to uh, listening. Mm -hmm. But again, in utilizing all your senses, of course, listening to a client in terms of their needs, their budget, etc., you know, you'll be able to craft a package that is uh, molded to them, so to speak, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, you know, in terms of dealing with dealing with persons who, you know, don't like to get sick, they don't like, I mean, just like me. 
sometimes people come in, you know, have terrible veins, you know, and I, I don't like to get sick. And I be like, you know, relax, we'll find it, right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna do this in one, we're gonna do this in one try. One stick, as opposed to one try or multiple tries, mm-hmm. you know? And most times, nine out of 10, we get it in one try, you know, because we actually take the time to <laughs> get the person comfortable. Yeah, yeah, hit we are real legend anchor, Ron Burgundy, legend anchor man there, you know. Just want to say nine out of ten times you get on the first try, you know. Nine out of ten. But a man, I would have been running nine out of ten times. Yeah. Um, you, you see, that and all lends itself to, again, the topic at hand, what it takes mm-hmm. to start to and maintain a business. Because mm-hmm. I remember, Karen, if we go back years on your Facebook profile and stuff, you would have been posting videos of the little vein finder lights and that type of thing. Correct, yeah. Right? That so, was actually one, one of, of set business that I um, that, uh, attempted to start. Um, mm-hmm. Actually got the distribution rights locally for vein finder but i was under a previous company of mine thinkwell group mm-hmm. uh, thinkwell group would have looked to incorporate um health beauty and wellness into one uh business group right however um thinkwell had to take a backseat to start in the lab Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that business actually, um, well, we, we closed it off of the uh, legal affairs registry yeah. um, well, several several years ago. Right? Yeah, but yeah, that, yeah. that basically would have taken care of the, um, the, the, the therapeutic massage aspect of it. Um, because even in the earliest pampas suite, um, it was like a mobile luxury spa. So persons who had, um, you know, birthdays, different events, um, bachelorette parties, that kind of thing like that. Um, we used to come and do uh, massage. We used to do hair. We used to do makeup. Uh, all different things. Uh, that was a that was a really good experience at the time too, because um, even while doing massage, I had clients requesting me all over the country mm-hmm. and I mean I, I wasn't doing massage as a business I was doing it because I liked it and okay. sometimes at the time you know I'm charging $200 to do a massage and I charge the same $200 to reach Ca- Cascade to reach the Hilton to reach wherever you know because I, I didn't see it at any point in time as a business to do mm-hmm. business with, you know? So, um, but it, it was still kind of like a training ground. It was still- Well, it was, it was a training ground in terms of how to mm-hmm. interact with people, um, to, as I said, listen to their needs, but I mean, through my hands, um, you know, it, it was a, <laughs> it was a different experience. We had different elements of this massage that, I mean, well, I think we're going to discuss that here. But, yeah, um, that, 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 oh, that's... okay. I'm not, I'm not going to say it. No, I, I'm glad we, we got to this part of the conversation because the question I wanted to ask you, Kara, was how many mm. tries, business attempts did you make before you hit the nail on the head with Greenman? Because a lot of young entrepreneurs feel like I open business A today 
and business right. is the one that's supposed to take me to where I'm so I want to be. But did you know? And I really had to say this: this the social media image where we just see the success, we don't see the right. many failings and fallings before we hit that successful business. So I want to throw that that question to you, Kara. How many? You just mentioned the Yamasustis. Yeah. Right. So the Tuesdays, um, based on, as I said, you know, my having clients all over the country, um, what I what I thought of at the time. Well, I mean, I still have it mm, to an extent, right? And thanks again to Ricardo for coming up with the uh, the name, what the play on the words of the name. So the name of it was uh, re rejuvenate, rejuvenate, right? right? And um. <laughs> Correct, yeah. Cado, Cado gave me that because I was like, you know, I'm looking for this this name for for my, my, my spa slash magazine um, because it was actually a magazine, right? Um, you know, had somebody do some marketing, well, propose a marketing um, schedule for Rejuvenate um, because the whole concept of Rejuvenate was, you know, relax, recharge, reu. And all these, as I said, these are Cado, uh, <laughs> Cardo's songs, right? Dan, that was Cardo's... almost 20 years now, you know. Serious. That yeah, correct, it was. You wow. know? And um I was I was like, wow, Cardo Rel with these words dread, you know, and he was able to come up with this phrase so quickly when I asked him, you know, what do you think I should call this thing? And he was like, rejuvenate. I was like, rejuvenate. And then he was like, yeah, reu. Have the domain first though. Yeah. Have the domain, have the Facebook page. So they so let me Ricardo, get to what they word, right? Ricardo, do not go and try to use it. No, I think it's not nah, it, it um it it parked right now on um GoDaddy. But we I have the link for the the whole flash experience. So basically what we even version or Caribbean version of uh, of Spa Finder, right? We're basically finding the best of in the industry of health, fitness, beauty. So we would have tackled personal trainers, gyms, uh, hair salons, spas, uh, nutritionists, the whole shebang, right? Um, so what it was, it was well, at, the, at the point in time, let's tell you how long it was, um, Adobe Flash was still popular, right? So the concept of it was a virtual magazine. So it started off where there was a map of the Caribbean and Trinidad and Tobago would have been pulsating like that for the map. Now, the, the, the eventual goal of it was to grow the entire Caribbean region to be listed on Rejuvenate, right? Um, so what it was, as I said, the map pulsating, you click on the map, it expands into east, west, north, south, etc. And Tobago, the different um, sections of Tobago, <laughs> east, west, north, south, right? <laughs> and, you know, you're able to click on a section to find, you know, what you're looking for, basically. And like I said, it was, it was more or less to gear towards promoting the best of in the industry. One of the challenges with that business, because we realized that we um, a little short on time, um, persons within this industry didn't want to be listed amongst their competitors. Even if we, even though we had packages whereby you know 
you could pay for a top spot in a search. So, for instance, um, uh, let's say Raw Fitness decided they want to be the number one gym that comes up on the gym search, regardless of whether or not people searching for gyms in South, right? Raw Fitness would have that option. Other persons were like, you know, they didn't really want to have that 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 competitive um, challenge right there in their market, so that people would be able to select raw over their business, right? But I mean, this is something that Google does. If you Google something, we, you'll see multiple yeah, but options we, for people to choose. We were looking to do this in 2002, 2003. What I mean is the, the technology wasn't ready yet. The market yeah, wasn't ready. ready yet. The, the businesses sure. weren't ready yet. But now that's standard. That yeah. <laughs> It's a, a, a vision, a vision a little ahead of its time because it's what we're doing now. I'm, a, I mean, I'm a very, very impressed. Yeah. Jeez. Part of it too, as well, you know, you have, you have the, you have the customer experience. So customers were able to book um, appointments, etc., and they were able to leave reviews. So one thing that we were able to differentiate ourselves from any review site is that persons, in terms of, let's say, a competitor, don't like your particular business they can't come and use a negative review just like that on the site, right? Or on your on your section of the page. So what it would have done, we would have, if we, if we saw someone put a negative review, before that negative review is posted by that individual where it comes up as a two-star, one-star, like on Amazon where you could just review a product and it automatically your review comes up without even checking back that you actually bought the product. The whole site process was to actually call the, the client because before you could leave a review, of course, you have to leave your contact information, et cetera, et cetera. Call the client, find out what is their experience, right? And then call the service provider to make sure that this client actually came to the establishment and got a negative review. So what we were looking to do is trying to bridge the gap between the service provider and the client so that at least they could get a free next time or, you know, so it wouldn't have a negative review. You could have a review where Okay, you know, initially I thought I had a bad experience, but they were able to make up for it by doing X, Y, and Z. So by so, I'm so grateful for this, um, the opportunity to, um, you know, have a service that was good at the end, right? So it, it also would have helped with the business uh, owner to hone in on their customer service so that nobody would be able to say they have a, had a bad experience, you know, in this particular organization. Right. Um, and to wrap up again, so that, that was that was part of the, the, the spa thing. The other business that I looked at doing was a mobile doubles business. And I mean I actually saw that it, it kicked off in the pandemic mm-hmm. um in a in a big way with respect to you know getting doubles at the gas station, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, because this would have been prepackaged doubles. Um, the name of it was Moby Doubles, and part of it would have been like Moby Dick Holland to borrow. Um Fussy Doubles and Big Barrow, basically. Yeah, two bar on the on the on the, the fins, dorsal fins, right? I um, love it. I love it. Yo, we <laughs> so, we are, you know, a solid 10, 15 years ahead of better than meta. Don't, yeah, you know, I don't know, Karen. You know, mm-hmm. we are like we we had a talk now to figure out what going on in twenty thirty eight that we could start planning for this weekend. I feel like a a back in B school or in business school, we we went through the ambit of all the different experiences, and there's a lot that you could pull through 
I mean, I real happy that Aaron talk about capital in terms of how you manage cash flows and we're getting a lot of great, great, great um, lessons, boy. I mean, I know our audience will appreciate walking through this journey with the mind of an entrepreneur. Well, I, I also want to talk, well, I'm glad we, we well, I'm Nicardo. No, I, no, listen, Hen, I don't forget, I not I don't forget, I don't remember anything that not, like, immediately relevant. So, hearing Karen call out the progress that we made running through different ideas, some of the things he acted on, some of the things we acted on, some of the things we didn't act on, some mm-hmm. of the things that you could not implement, even though it was a good idea. Because remember, now we t- we're taking technology for granted, but it's hard to do that type of thing when you're still running on 2G and you're hearing about 3G and you're still multi-tapping to send a message, that type of thing, the technology. Um, Raman, we were still that? using TDMA. Right. That was the thing. Yes. And it had an next one before TDMA too. Right. That's that's what I'm telling you. CDMA. This is CDMA. ideas that were 20 years ago in the Caribbean. You know, it and now some of it only implemented as you rightfully say, like because of the pandemic and that type of thing that forced, you know, some of these things to go online or you know to become more uh available. But Dread Karen, you you and I need to sit down and have a chat and figure out um what <laughs> what we could come up with next. <laughs> And and this I mean, time I, still, I, have... I still want to um, move at some point in time with respect to that magazine. Yeah, I am. Um, and no, I had yeah, I had things I had things to bring to that table that I did not have back then. So I that is I would I want to repeat actually. I I watch Nino. I I did. What we could do? What we could do? <laughs> when you're ready, we I I always say, well for now. Kind of wood. Kind of wood. So, hey, gentlemen, I, I mean, I know I, I, I watch it. I want to respect Karen's time and I watch any time. And this conversation has been extremely enlightening, you know. Um, but uh, I, I'm going for the closing round now. Um, so, well, I, I just want to, I, I hope you all don't mind. I, I want to kick off in terms of some of the, the things that hit me eh, in terms of learning. As I, I mentioned just now, there, I feel like I'm back in B school, business school, because. We, I mean, Karen talked about going through seed funding, Series A and Series B. That's the fancy terms that we talk about it. But in terms of how you capitalize your business, you had to think about them things, right? Sometimes it might be taking a loan from family members. Then you had to show capital discipline with your finances. You had to be able right. to show that you're managing, you have your free cash that had to be managed, right? And then you had to think about contracts, right? Even though you're a small business going into medium size as you're growing, you had to start thinking about those things very early on, you know. And, and to me, I mean, that's excellent. And then you brought it across in a way that was just real in terms of your day to day experiences. So I, I really appreciate that. And then when I hear you talking about it, I hear about a businessman that leads with his values in terms of the values based business. So I mean, I, I'm, I'm hearing you and I'm thinking, thinking about businesses like Ben and Jerry's who would have tried to do their business around social related issues without it being a market employee. It is just what the business is. It's not the marketing. It is what it is. It is a values-based business, you know? So kudos to you, Paul. And a a double salute um, in terms of what you've been able to build. And I hope that you move from strength to strength, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, man. All right, fuck fellas, I'm trying to the, the, the ball across the old one. 
yeah. I'll, I'll catch it quick, right? Um, you know, I want to also point out and thank you very much, Karen, for how transparent you were with a lot of the information you shared today. Because, right. you know, we, again, I, I continue to point this out. We don't hear a lot of the bad sides or the truths or the sacrifices that go into the success of being an entrepreneur or the owner of a, an operator in a small and medium-sized enterprise, right? So I want to thank you for that level of transparency because this is basically your come-up story for want of better words. True. And I'm also happy that you shared some of the, the foresight which you would have had so that no idea that you may have now Maybe a bad idea. It just may not be the right time. So for those that are listening, if you have your book, because I have a book that rules with me everywhere. It's always in my glove box. If I ever know it's missing, it's worth us listening to this podcast. Um, who and who, right? Yeah, just saying. Um, I have a book with me that I write all my ideas in. Right. Regardless of how... And I'll, I'll put out their asinine or far-fetched they may sound. I write my ideas down. Some of them happen now, some happen. May happen in five years. So yeah. Ricardo, take a catch like this over there. Yeah. Big. So, so um wait, I I Karen, I want to thank you. I want to apologize again. A couple of the ideas that we really slept on was really me sleeping on them. Right. Um, and again, yes, technological limitations, etc. But what I learned from you this evening is that yes, it takes grit, it takes community, it takes persistence, it takes foresight, it takes innovation, it takes the willingness to learn, it takes humility, it takes boundaries, it takes learning from your experiences. There are so many things that it would take to do to establish and maintain a business in Trinidad and Tobago that you don't have all when you start. So a lot right. of them you, you pick don't. up along the way. Right? Sometimes some of the people that you start with, you do finish with. And I think one of the things we have to remember in growth is that we should try to have peace with what we are receiving as well as peace with what we have to let go. Because you can't move forward holding on to the past. As cliched as it sounds, it is very hard to grow when you're anchored to something that's not growing with you. Correct. So I acknowledge, I love the idea, the fact that Rubinate still within um, grasp though, because it actually fire off, um, it fits a piece in some other puzzles. And I want to thank you for all the opportunities you've given me to uh, support, to work with, and to learn from you. I hope that the listening audience understands that this is who you are as a person. You're generally a lot funnier on Facebook. I uh, know you're um, a little... This is your business presentation. So I get that you're not going to see and do some of the things that you would do on social media. Yeah. Right? But I do want to take the opportunity to point out that your nickname, uh, uh, thanks to that all for tournament, is Sweet Cheeks. Because what I can't tell from Karen Kit right now is that he is one of the most fashionable one of the most fashionable um, health professionals you'll come across. Just throwing it out there. So, Sweet Cheeks, thanks a lot. Um, one of the most yes. fun card players that I know. I was uh, waiting for that to come out. Tonight. For the Sweet Cheeks? Yeah, man. You know, the one hot thing, the one hot thing. 
right? So between <laughs> between your business acumen, your general personality, and what a general delight you are to play cards with and talk to and just to be around, your positive influence, you are the type of mind that inquisitive minds is excited about having access to. When the time comes, as I said, um, back in your full hundred, uh, we hope that for the 20th anniversary of Green Med group of companies, that you'll Thanks. be able to... <laughs> Yeah, he was in for the I'm twenty. In it, I'm claiming it. For the twenty of the green med companies that we're seeing, right? That um, I'll be able to sit down on the next side of the table with you and be like, well, yeah, we reactivated, rejuvenated after um, yeah, interview very much like this one, and that we could continue pouring into and developing the communities that we exposed to. Uh, salute, God bless. And speaking of community, you can find Green Med Limited at 72A Leoto Street, San Fernando, or 10 Richardson Street, Point Fortin. You can contact them at 223-7627 at Green Med Limited, GreenMedLTD.com, or Green Med Limited on Facebook. So once again, thank you, Karen Ovid, um, the boss, aka the owner, aka just Karen. And I said the man said, do not call him the boss. <laughs> I call in, I call in Karen the boss a long time before he had a business, right? Uh, as you can see for yourself, a genuine guy, full hundred, Green Med Limited, we're proud of you. And thanks for spending some time with us on Inquisitive Minds this evening. You've, let me put it this way, we asked the most important question because you walked us through a journey that allowed us to learn the things that we, that would help, even in terms of the businesses that we can establish going forward. So for all our listeners out there, thank you for, as Brendan said, being so uh, generous with your information and your experience. I want to thank you. Once again, I uh, extend congratulations for your 10th anniversary and we look forward again to seeing you on the 20th. This is Ricardo Mitchell, the social stage on the local stage. Thank you for joining us in Inquisitive Minds. We're talking sense and sneakers. Right? Plain talk, bad manners, great minds, Inca like. Yeah, Aaron? Yo, this is your Australian DJ Aaron. He succeeds. I'm always great and I'm never late. Um, right here now. I love to learn, right? And I'm thankful for the information passed to me. I wish I had some of it um, sometime coming down to the end of last year, but that's that. I'm glad I got that information tonight, all right? Wait, what happened, Ricardo? Mm-mm, 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 nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Right? Um, thank you all for tuning in. And you could also check out the previous episodes just head across to anchor.fm and switch for inquisitive minds. I'll leave the, the, the plug-in part to Brendan. So, Brendan, Hey. Afternoon, fellas. I mean, good night, guys. Uh, it was, uh, again, a feeling like like a lot of things that you, you, you sit and you read in textbooks or you, you hear about entrepreneurs who went on to doing great things. We, we actually walk that walk with somebody today so uh thanks for sharing your story we really enjoyed it i mean um i i thoroughly took my mental notes myself you know this was a great episode and um you know and we we, we love having conversations like these and um you know take up taking our past episodes um at anchor.fm anywhere you get your podcast check us out on youtube comment like share and you know we, we we enjoy um having these conversations and we, we're happy that you're with us along for this journey you know 
A heartfelt thanks to the members and the team. Um, I appreciate the call for the interview and also to be able to share my story with the wider public um, in celebration of our 10-year anniversary at Green Med Limited. I'm offering 10% off for this week uh, to all walk-ins for all types of blood testing services. So I'd like to appreciate um, my staff in particular for helping us achieve this tremendous milestone of 10 years in business. And I'd also like to thank uh, those that supported me along the way. Uh, my parents in particular, God, uh, my fiance, and most importantly, the wider public for putting that trust in us. Um, thanks a lot, everyone. And um, let's continue to, to walk this road for 2022. Bless. Deuces.